You're listening to episode number 21 of the Wellness Real Estate Podcast. Today, I have Annie Daly on the show, and she's the author of Destination Wellness, Global Secrets for Better Living Wherever You Are. What I love about this interview is how Annie helps us realize that wellness isn't something you buy, it's something you create. It's a way of living and a way of being. There are so many different cultures around the globe that don't have all the material stuff that we have in the U.S., yet every culture you will find people who are happy and fulfilled and love life. Yet in America, it's a common sentiment that we need something outside of us, something to buy that will bring us more wellness. And how does that relate to real estate? Wellness real estate is a $275 billion industry because developers are realizing that people want to live healthier. They want to live in communities that support well-being. So new communities that are designed with well-being in mind are popping up all over the globe. As a wellness-focused agent, you too can have an impact on your local community by creating a tribe of home wellness professionals that you can network with and refer out. You can share with your audience ways to live healthier and how to create a home environment that is more comfortable and joyful to live in. So if you're one of those agents that wants to make a difference and you want to have raving fans or raving clients that understand you care about them and their families, it's because you've helped them with more than a real estate transaction. Then you're going to want to stay tuned to today's episode. Let's grow. Welcome to the Real Estate Marketing Podcast, where we explore a unique strategy no one is talking about that will enable you to engage more people with authentic conversations about your business more often. And it's called Wellness Real Estate. Not sure what that is or how it can help you as an agent? Well, that's what this podcast is all about. In fact, Wellness Real Estate is growing so rapidly that it is projected to be nearly $870 billion by 2027. I'm Sheila Alston, and I'm your host. I'm also the founder of Healthy Home Media, where I help agents all over the country leverage this new trend in the industry to spark new conversations that will get people to listen to you and notice your brand. So if you're tired of spinning your wheels without any leads or sales to show for it, then stay tuned. I guarantee this podcast is not like any you've heard before. Welcome to the Wellness Real Estate Podcast. Okay, I'm so excited. Thank you for being here today. I've got Annie Daly here, and she has written an awesome book called Destination Wellness. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so I'm curious to know you have such a unique perspective on travel and wellness. So why don't you just tell us a little bit more about your book and how how you came about, you know, wanting to write it? Sure. <laughs> so <laughs> So my book is called Destination Wellness, and it came out last May. So it's been out for more than a year, which is Uh crazy to me. And it's basically about different healthy living philosophies from around the world. And I actually got the idea when I was working on staff at a wellness magazine a couple of years ago. And I was just getting like all of these products and things sent to me that's sort of sweet because it was nice swag. But it made me realize that the wellness industry has just gotten so commercialized. And so I also had a travel background. And so I decided to sort of put my wellness and my travel background together and kind of go out searching around the world for ways of living and ways of being that aren't so commercialized. Yeah. So that was sort of the inspiration for the book was like working at this wellness magazine and realizing like, oh, there has to be a less commercial way to do this because I don't think that wellness is something you can buy. I don't think it's something 
that is an easy fix by getting the latest top product or like going to the latest yes. workout class. <laughs> true, true. So yeah, so that was sort of the setup. And so I ultimately ended up going to six different places around the world. And they were Norway, Japan, Brazil, India, Hawaii, and what is my Jamaica. Oh my gosh. Yes. So those were my six places. And basically, I don't know how you want to do this, but I, I sort of, I took away a key wellness philosophy from each place. So wow. if you wanted, I can just kind of run down sure. those philosophies from each place. That Yeah, that would be great. That I works. mean, I do think that people keep, especially since wellness is so such a big thing now in almost every industry. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like everybody's using it as a tag now. And it's so true. You can't just buy a cream or buy a, something. Or even if you just, if you, even if you followed a food plan, that's not necessarily going to guarantee that you're well. There's so many different elements right. that go into it. So, um, yeah. So I'm just curious to know what you learned. Oh, so many things. I mean, the overall theme that sort of like joined all of the different philosophies together is that it's really about going back to the basics. And that is not something that the wellness industry would like you to know because you can't really sell that. But in all of the different places, it really is about hanging out with your community, spending time in nature, eating whole foods, going for a dip in the ocean, you know, like being in around fresh air, like these are all non, non-commercial things. Yes, and yes. so that's why we've gotten so far away from them because the wellness industry has taught all of us that we can buy these things. Uh -huh. So that's, you know, that's sort of the overall, the overall premise, but some interesting specifics. I, in particular, I really loved the philosophy from Norway. Um, it's called Free Let's Live. It's spelled F-R-I-L-U-F-T-S-L-I-V. And it basically, in Norwegian, it translates to the fresh air life. And it's this idea that is really, really firmly entrenched in the culture that you should spend out as much time outside as humanly possible. And that anything that you can possibly do outside, whether that's eating your meals, going to school, like they even have outdoor kindergartens, anything that you can do outside, you should do. And even if the weather is bad, they have this saying in Norway, there's no such thing as bad weather, only bad clothing. Oh. And so it's like, yeah, so like yeah. if it's raining, if it's cold, which it often is in Norway, uh -huh. just get the right gear yeah. and just keep being outside. And it's all about just exposing yourself to that fresh air dose that, you know, only natural air can provide. Yeah, I really, really loved. I loved that idea because it's so applicable to urban living. Like I live in Brooklyn, in New York City, and a lot of these philosophies, like I would always ask the people I was interviewing, like, how can I apply this philosophy to my life in Brooklyn? Because, you know, like these Norwegians were telling me that they go for hikes after work every day and that they spend all of their Sundays in nature with their families, like going for these, you know, epic outdoor adventures. And the answer was really encouraging. It was like, literally just run your errands outside, like stop ordering things from Seamless, stop ordering <laughs> things from Amazon. Like if there's a way that you can go to the bank and like cash your check in person, as opposed to like doing it on your phone, like little things, like anything you can do to just get outside. It's so basic, but 
I loved, I loved that philosophy. I love that too. And it's free for everyone and everybody. Right. Can do it, right. Right. So. That's the thing. And that's, that's the secret. They don't want you to know that because then mm -hmm. the industry isn't making money. <laughs> well, you know, there's this whole trend too of bringing the outdoors inside too. So like, yeah, you know, have more plants inside, have calming colors inside, you know, um, I'm in California. So people love those giant doors that open up so you can have like uh, an outdoor indoor living. outdoor living. Yeah. That's because like, we all want to be close to nature. I mean, it's got a calming effect on you. So exactly. Yeah. There was this stat that I stumbled across in my research that Americans in general spend 90% of their time inside. <laughs> which I mean, if you're doing indoor outdoor living in California, that percentage is sort of skewed, which in for the better. Uh -huh. But for those of us like on the East Coast or wherever uh -huh. else, where that isn't as much of a thing, it's like, yeah, you got to make moves to get outside. <laughs> well, and I do think COVID kind of has put a spotlight on how much we are indoors, because then you're not even yeah. going to work indoors, you're just sitting in the same house in the same office in the same chair. All day long. Exactly. You know, get yeah. up and stretch, take a break outside, go eat your lunch outside. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Breathe in that fresh air because your inside air is going to not be as great <laughs> as the outside air. Exactly. Great. So then where'd you go next? Okay. Well, there are five more places. Um, let's see. Which one do I want to spotlight? I really liked Brazil. And the reason I liked Brazil is that a lot of people think when they think of wellness in Brazil, they kind of think of Rio and like the beaches and sort of the like the active scene there. And that is all well and good. I, I love that. But what I focused on in the book is actually this idea that many Brazilians think of wellness as a group effort, whereas in the US, we sort of tend to think of it as an individual thing. So for example, like, if I were to say, oh, I need to practice self-care, like I need to go to my yoga class, I'm going to go on a walk by myself, I'm going to make this recipe, it's sort of like this thing that you do by yourself. Whereas in Brazil, the idea is that in order to be well, the people around you have to be well as well. And it's a community effort and everybody's actions like influence each other. And it's, you know, the fact that I reported on this right before COVID, was not lost on me because then I think that during COVID, we quickly realized that, that all mm -hmm. of our actions do impact each other. And I really like love that idea. Like they even have this word called um, saudade. And saudade is this idea that you love everybody in your community so much that the, the feeling of saudade is this feeling of like homesickness you get when you're not with them. Because it's like, it's so your, your tie to them is so strong. And it's like where all of your well being comes from, that when you're not with your people, there's essentially like hardly a way to be well, like it's like directly tied to your community and to spending time with your people. And so I, in, in order to translate that to sort of like everyday living when, when you're not in Brazil, um, the takeaway for me is to sort of like think of all of your social friend dates and your family dates as sort of like as wellness dates, as opposed to just these obligatory things. Like, you know, like how often do you look at your calendar and you're like, Oh man, I've, I have like three drinks dates tonight. I just have all these obligations and you kind of like secretly want to get out of them, even though you 
know that, <laughs> you know, they're like actually your friends. So if you reframe that in your mind and you think of that as like a, a date for your well-being, if you uh -huh. remind yourself that hanging out with your people and doing these things is like directly linked to your mental health and to your well-being, it's like, it's much easier to encourage yourself to go do the, those things and not bail and like not think well, of it as it's like obligatory thing. Yeah. But I do think that, you know, COVID also shined a spotlight on that as well, because we're all then by ourselves in our house and we're right. realizing we really do need that interaction, that social interaction. And I do feel like so many people are looking for their tribe. They're looking for people that can, you know, give you that sense of belonging and that sense of community with like-minded values and like-minded things that you want to do together. I mean, that's sort of what, you know, I'm trying to create with wellness real estate is there's so many agents that are out there that are trying to bring more, I guess, wellness into the, how they do business. And also, yeah. you know, just, so just knowing that there's other people out there that think like you and to kind of create a tribe, if you will, of um, people that you can refer people to and a network of other professionals that are doing sort of similar things. Um, it's important to have those connections. So I love that. Yeah. And it's cool to think of that as wellness, right? Because yeah. that's, that's not necessarily something that is directly linked, I think, um, in the wellness space. Like it seems yeah. like sometimes they're separated. And I really like that idea that it's a direct correlation. And, you know, there was a, there was this man that I interviewed in Brazil and he said to me, I cannot be well if my family is not well. Yeah. It's like if somebody in your, if you're, you know, your, your parents or your uncle or whoever, if anybody is not well, it's like that impacts your well-being too, because you're all in this together. And yeah. I, that, that element of community is so real and it's just like, you can't pay for it. You can't buy it. You have to cultivate it. Yeah. Well, and especially, you know, if you have children too, you're always, I can't remember what the saying is exactly, but it was like, you always are as happy as your least happy child. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, um, because everybody, it, it's like when everybody's happy, it's like, okay, well, that's good. You're good. You're good, but you're not good. So I'm not, you know, I got to focus on why you're not good and how I can help you. And then that makes me not happy and, um, and all of that. So. Yeah. And that's, um, that's sort of tied to what I learned in Hawaii as well. And what I focused on in Hawaii was um, sort of like the deeper meaning of aloha. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people, when they think of aloha, it's sort of become this commercialized word that represents escapism and this like tropical paradise. But actually in reality, in Hawaiian culture, aloha really means um, love and empathy and connection. And when you say aloha to somebody in Hawaii, it's a really, really powerful thing because it means that you understand that everybody is connected. And mm -hmm. so like they don't, you know, Hawaiians don't say aloha lightly. And it's sort of the same idea in Brazil in terms of that your community is everything. And when you realize that everyone is connected, it just has a direct impact on your own well-being because you have a deeper sense of your place in the world. Right. So then how, I mean, you, how do you bring that into your life at home? Just like you said, making sure that you still are reaching out to your friends and making those connections regularly. Also, I think just a way of, of living with deeper empathy, like you, you know, it encourages you to treat everybody with 
more respect because you know, you, you're connected to that person too. So whoever, if, if anyone is going through a hard time or is coming to you with a problem or anything, like when you, when you remember that you are a part of them, Uh that is a way to channel this deeper sense of empathy. The other thing that I really, the big wellness takeaway for me was to not focus so much on timelines. Like, um, a lot of wines I interviewed kind of reminded me that this idea, like I'm at the life stage where I'm in my late thirties and everyone's sort of just like, you know, buying houses, having kids like this. It's just like, this is the time when you do these things. And <laughs> in Hawaiian culture, there's this idea that it's like, the timeline is a very Western construct, right? It's like this whole idea that we have to do things by a certain time that it's like speaking of real estate, right? That there's like one right time to buy a house, one right time to have the kids. It's like when you adopt the Hawaiian way of thinking, you realize that actually like everything is happening at the right time for you. And it's sort of about trusting the process and not trying to go out of your way to force something into being that you think should be happening at a certain time, just because it's happening to everybody else on this like societal timeline. And to sort of trust this, this really like ancient idea that the right things are going to happen at the right time. And those are going to happen for you at the right time for you. And so it's just this idea. It's a very, very ancient, you know, Hawaiian, Hawaii is an indigenous culture. So these ideas go date back thousands of years. And it's, it's this idea that, yeah, that the right things are just going to come at different times of life for everybody and well, to sort of you know, trust it that takes that's the level okay. of trust like you said it's yeah. a level of trust but yep. i i'm of the belief that you know whatever you believe is going to be true so if you want to believe that the world is you know you've got to like rush and work so hard and compete for everything and that you know nothing happens unless you work super hard for it and that's probably going to be true for you. But if you are of the belief that, you know, I am enjoying this journey that I'm on, I'm enjoying life, and I'm going to take every moment as it comes. And sure, I'm going to plan for the future. This is what I want, but I'm not going to have to. I mean, it's almost like if you are going on a travel, you know, destination, do you have to map out every single turn you're going to take of your car? You know, no, you're not. You just know where you want it, want to go. And if you happen to see a great place to stop by, you know, maybe you take a, you know, take a detour and you visit this town, or maybe you take a detour and visit this town. And then your journey is so much better than if you tried to map out every single turn and, and then you get stuck and you don't know what to do, you know? So I, I like, yeah, I like to look at life as, um, as that. And I do think that you are rewarded. It doesn't have to be an ancient, you know, philosophy to follow. I think that more people, you're just happier if you learn to trust that things will work out for you. And Mm -hmm. sometimes you just don't know how it's going to work out. But if you can believe that it will work out, it, it usually does. (laughs) So, yeah, exactly. It's like the, in Hawaiian culture, the word for your gut instinct is your now. And so it's about trusting your now and like so many things in Hawaiian culture kind of revolve around this idea that when you trust your now and when that means not trying to force things into being when you trust 
that you'll be able to hear the signs from the universe that are telling you that this is the move for you, that that is in direct alignment with your personal well-being. That must and it's be a hard why, thing to do. Yeah, it is. But, you know, that is probably why Hawaii in general is so calm, right? Like you go there because of that whole calming effect. And if most people kind of believe in that, maybe it has like an energetic <laughs> or something. Yeah. Oh, like yeah. It's, like, it's palpable. Mm -hmm. It's palpable. Um, I mean, among the Native Hawaiians specifically, but then also, um, you know, just people who live there. It's like the, the ideas and the philosophies really spread. And you can feel it when you're there. It's like okay. everything, you know, it's just like just trust that things are going to work out as they should for you. And yeah. I love that. And all of these ideas that I've just talked about, you'll notice that they're all pretty like heady mental philosophies. Like it's not, mm -hmm. it's funny when people ask me to describe my book, I'm like, whew, okay. Yeah, how much time ready. It's like, not, <laughs> right. I know it's like, it's not, they're simple takeaways, but at the same time, they have like really heavy and pretty heady backstories because a lot of them are tied to these ancient cultures and it's important to understand the context of each culture to understand why these philosophies are still in play today like thousands of years later yeah. um, so it's I, I really love apply it's like it's so mental and you'll notice also like can you buy the concept of like trusting your intuition no no <laughs> learn to do that right but i do yeah. think just maybe becoming aware so i don't want you to give away your whole entire book so we'll have to do that <laughs> in the next three places but um yeah i just it is a sense of awareness of how are you living your life and do you enjoy your life and what is it that you do want to enjoy more of and it's just setting the intention to do to do more of that and i love that now you know wellness travel is sort of a new um I guess, segment of travel. I think before people used to want to go to relax, but wellness was kind of an afterthought. You know, you just pick a destination. Yeah. But it seems like people are now actually choosing destinations specifically for, um, I mean, not just a spa or wellness retreat, but more of like even so much more camping and so much more hiking and so much more of that, you know, car vacations are happening now. And people yeah. are destinations to do more active things outside. Exactly. And it also, though, apply. it's like wellness travel to me is twofold because, one, it's about going to all, all of these places and having these experiences like I did as I was reporting my book. But, two, it links back to wellness real estate for you because it's like it's about the fact that no matter where you live, you can set up your home and your lifestyle in a way where you apply these global philosophies to your life, mm -hmm. literally wherever you live and wherever you are. So it's, it, it does get back to real estate in the home because I think a lot of people think that you need to move somewhere to have these specific lifestyles and these specific mentalities. But really what I was saying in my book is that you can create this type of living wherever you live. It's just a matter of changing your mindset. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. It is true. I think people are always looking for something outside of them to fix the emptiness maybe that they have inside or that they just don't know. And you have to fix it inside by starting to become aware and, um, you know, have changing your mindset a little bit, but I love the, that you can 
create your own wellness and creating mm-hmm. that tribe around you and creating more, you know, getting more outside, inside and going outside and just being more active right. and doing all of those things. And um, I love that. I love that. I'm going to, I mean, I haven't read it. Yeah. Book, so I'm so excited to read it. Yeah. Well, there are many more philosophies in the book. So I am excited for you to read it as well. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Annie. It was such a pleasure meeting you. Thank you for being on the show today. And um, I look forward to reading your book and learning about the other three places. What were the other places you went to that we didn't talk about? We did not talk about Japan, India, or Jamaica. Ooh, okay. I'm excited about that. Yes. Okay. Well, thanks. Have a great day. Okay. Thanks, you too. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed learning about what different cultures value the most. The best news is that it's not anything you can buy. You can find Annie's book, Destination Wellness, Global Secrets for Better Living Wherever You Are, on Amazon or at AnnieDaily.com, which is A-N-N-I-E-D-A-L-Y.com. As a wellness-focused agent, simply by sharing more of who you are and helping your clients live healthier, you are making a difference in the world. So many people are simply focused on transactions or sales or being able to say that they're number one. But when you can touch the lives of someone in your community, that's what they remember. I think the saying is, you don't remember what people say, but you remember how they made you feel. So if you are one, if you want people to remember you, be top of mind, what are you doing today? How are you making people feel around you? Something to think about. Okay, well, enjoy your day. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you learned something new that will inspire you to think about your branding and how you can market yourself a little differently. If you enjoyed this episode, then you're going to love what I have for you because you don't need to wait to go get extra certifications or to grow and expand your network to get started attracting those new leads right now. You can simply begin by talking about wellness real estate trends and what you've learned on this podcast with others. I mean, this is pretty interesting stuff that no one has heard about, and I have all the tools that can make it even easier for you. Wellness Real Estate Magazine is a brand new wellness lifestyle magazine, and it's the only magazine that brings health and home together. We educate readers on industry trends and how to create a healthier home environment, written by industry experts around the country. And we have three covers to choose from, Wellness RE, Healthy Home, and Wellness at Home, so you can easily find one that aligns with your unique brand and messaging. These magazines are the perfect done-for-you tools that help you not only stay top of mind, but they educate and engage your audience, which positions you as an industry expert. Differentiate yourself and grow your brand the easy way. Learn more at HealthyHomeMedia.com.